Hey, 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 guys. Welcome to the Bite the Apple podcast. My name is Eve and welcome to my Garden of Thoughts. This week in the garden, I have one of my favorites, Sheree McLean. She is an author, a blogger, and girl, like she will have you on the edge of your seat with every word that she puts out there. Like her book collapses out right now. You can go check it out. You can buy it. Um, she's an awesome wife, mother of the cutest, oh my God, the cutest little redhead child. And she has an almost grown man in her home now with her teenager. Um, she's a daughter, sister, friend, and she is from like 45 minutes where I'm from in the 803 Sumter, South Carolina. Um, but you know, Houston kind of raised her and now she's kind of doing what I'm doing. She's traveling the world. And just experiencing all the things that she loves. Um, I really admire her because when I first talked to her, um, some of our first conversations, her husband was overseas and she was at home holding down the fort. And then she's like, girl, guess what? Like, now I have to go. And I remember thinking in my head, like, I could never. Like, you're going to be in Dubai? Like, I could never, like, sounds good for a vacation, but I just remember having all of these limiting thoughts in my head of like, okay, how's she going to get her books done and how's she going to do this? And now that I'm also living the life, I get those same people, like the same kind of mindset coming to me where people are like, how do you live over there? How do you go with your rules? Um, How do you do with the rules and such like that? And then especially like with situations like the Brittany Griner situation where you're like, okay, like, do they even really respect black women outside of like this nice United States bubble that we're in? And Sheree is one of those people that I see that she says I'm living her best life, but she is definitely living on my, my best life because she was just on a yacht like two weeks ago living it up. So I wanted to have her on just to talk about being an expat and being an entrepreneur, because especially as women and black women, I feel like there's this bubble that sometimes we feel like we have to keep ourselves in. And it's pretty much like a fear and it's a limiting belief that we can't do those two things, let like we can't do one of those things, let alone both of those things at the same time. But yet and still, she is out there right now. Me and her were just talking before I pressed the record button. And she's in the middle of writing even more than she has in the past. So, Sheree, I want you to give a moment to like introduce yourself. Tell them a little bit more about you and how you became on this journey of like living thousands of miles from everything that you've been raised to know, especially being from the South, because, you know, we we're born and bred a little different in the South. So I want to talk to you about like and I want you to tell them how you got to that comfort level of no fear going and being out of the country. So I would love to tell you that it's no fear, but there was absolutely fear. Um, so I ended up out here because I met a guy that I thought was extremely hot. And he's like, you know, come see me in Kuwait. And I was like, no, because they shoot at people over there. And he's like, no, they don't get your passport, get over here and come see me. And I jumped on a plane and I went and then I spent 12 years of my life in living in Kuwait, um, learning to appreciate the culture, um, growing in that space. I mean, I got to Kuwait in my early 20s, so I pretty much grew up there. Um, and so really living overseas, living abroad is like the life that I know. I don't really. And it's the life that my kids know as well. You know, um, 
So yeah, so it wasn't like this fearless journey, girl takes over the world. No, I really was just doughy-eyed in love, and I just wanted to be wherever that man was, and so I got on a plane. Um, <laughs> but it has been the best experience ever. Um, Kuwait introduced me to the inner entrepreneur that I could be. Um, I had the blessed opportunity to be a stay-at-home mom for a lot of years, um, and I homeschooled my oldest. And so with all of the other hours in the day, I started taking on several entrepreneurial um, positions. Just um, I did It Works, the, 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 the body wraps. I remember like that. that. And, then, <laughs> and then when that was over for me, I started selling herbal weight loss tea in Kuwait. And, um, and then I found myself into a, um, a business manager position with a pet boarding facility. So though that wasn't entrepreneurial, I had so much control over what the business was doing. It might as well have been mine. It was it was like I was running everything about it. Someone else's name was just on the building. Um, and I did that for almost four years before I an opportunity opened up for me to contract on base. And I was like, contracting is I don't want to say it's easy money, but it's consistent money. It's like any other nine to five, except I work a lot more hours than that. Girl. Um, but it's like any other nine work nine to five where you know that your, your paycheck every two weeks is guaranteed. Um, and then an opportunity fell into my lap to actually move into not just to be in contracting, um, but in contract. So my, my job surrounds around um, me being a great writer. And it just so happened that... Um, how all the chips fell was I was writing my book collapse and someone read my book and they were so impressed with my writing that they recommended me, um, as someone who might be good for the position that I'm in now. And I did the interview and I got it. And so now I've been in my position for almost two years and I am still writing as often as I can. Um, it has taken a while to just kind of get settled into, into the position. Um, because it does require more of me. Um, it's something very different from anything that I've ever done before. Um, and so now that I'm kind of catching my stride, I'm finding those pockets, those moments. I'm creating time in my everyday life now um, to put pen to proverbial paper um, and write again, which is super exciting because it is like the one thing in the world I absolutely love to do. And so I'm in Qatar now and the World Cup is coming and everything about being an expat for me has been an exciting experience. It's something very different from, you know, the people that I grew up with. Um, I'm a country girl. I grew up in Sumter, South Carolina. Uh, I know people who still don't have passports. So the life that I get to live, the experiences that I get to have, the places that I get to go, the things I get to do, um, there aren't very many people that I know from home that are getting those same experiences. So any opportunity I get to show people that there is something outside of what's what we have access to in the States, um, I do my, I do what I can to kind of reach out and go, hey, there's a, there's a whole different world out here um, that we can be a part of that is not as big or as scary or as different or difficult as I think some people might think it is especially because I live in the Middle East and so people have all of these preconceptions of what it's like to live here and it's like yeah that's not reality actually 
<laughs> right. How have your experiences living abroad from Kuwait to Qatar and like you travel in between in between that too. How have those experiences affected your writing? How have they made you a better writer? How have they encouraged your writing or influenced your writing as a businesswoman? Because you're not just a writer. You're also a blogger. And like, how have those experiences, because your blog is pretty much towards women and like giving them, I think you use the phrase, like giving them like real woman shit. And like, how have those mm-hmm. blogs been affected by your experiences of living overseas? God bless the man that I married seriously, because he's been telling me that I need to write and I need to blog for the entire decade and some change that we've been together. So, but it took me a while to even find my own voice and my own confidence in my writing. I was always one of those people that was like, I don't want to just give people anything. I want to make sure that if I'm telling you that something works, it's because I tried it and I've experienced it or I've seen someone do it. And it's like a real thing. Um, So I appreciate being abroad because it's very quiet out here. Um, you get an opportunity as an individual to spend more time with yourself than I think anyone could ever possibly realize or even begin to understand Um, because you're not near family. So no one is pulling on you to go pick up your nephews from school or go and run and do this errand or come to this event or everybody in my family knows I'm just not going to be there. And that's just accepted. Now, if I oops and happen to pop up, it's like, oh my gosh, that's super exciting. But the, the status quo for me is to just not be there. Um, so there's, there's no more of those, a lot of those external expectations that fall on us, um, in all of the other roles that, and all the other hats that we wear as women, really my only obligation is to my kids and to my husband. And, because of the lifestyle that living overseas um, provides us with, you know, one of the biggest things I think that we do as women in our home is cook and you can hire somebody to do that. The next visit, big, the next biggest would probably be cleaning and you can hire someone to do that. And it's all very affordable, which means you get all the hours in your day back to be extremely introspective and then to pour yourself into the things that you actually enjoy doing. I think one of the things that living overseas taught me was that, um, is that my time is precious and I will absolutely pay someone to have my time back. There are certain tasks that if I just, if, if, it, if it's something that I'm not good at or, and then in me not being good at it, it's not something that I am driven to be good at, then I would just assume pay someone else to do it, which is something that is very different from living in the States and growing up in a Southern home. Um, I've had conversations with my mom where I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to pay somebody to come clean the house. And she was like, you know, you could do it yourself. And I'm like, I absolutely could. However, um, It is an expenditure of my time that I don't want to give. So I will absolutely spend the money for the convenience of having someone else come in and do some of those things. And I think living overseas makes it pretty much puts it at your feet. It's it's pretty much widely available out here. So I would say it. It's a great benefit to any woman who is looking to pursue other things in her life. Or to just be able to have a break 
um, and, and focus her time and energy in a different way. Like I love being overseas. I love raising my kids over here. I love the conveniences that are provided to us. I love the ways in which we can choose to spend our time doing certain things. Um, because there are other services that we can pay for and because of where we are and because of how common it is, it's just super affordable to be able to do so. I love that you said that because everyone, that has been one of the top questions that I've gotten since moving. But like, I think when I break it down to people like, yeah, daycare for a month in Greece is like $300, three max. Like if you're paying $400 a month, not a week for daycare, people are like, Ooh, your kid goes to a fancy school. And even the house cleaning, like you mentioned, that's $20 a week, like American dollars, like that's $20 a week. And someone comes to your house two, three days a week. So I'm with you. Like I have found so much time, even having a nanny, like the amount of time that my nanny spends with Kyler has been absolutely amazing. You and I have been able to connect again. And I'm like, girl, I finally got to open my calendar because that time is now open for me. And I think so many times, especially as women, we are, it's in our brains that like, we have to do all these things. We have to wear all these hats. That's what makes you a good mom. That's what makes you a good woman. Mm -hmm. When you have dinner on the table and you're the one taking the kids to the park and I moved to Cyprus and I was telling you about this when we linked up in Qatar, uh, like what, a month ago, we linked up in Qatar Mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah, I was like, I go to the playground and like, it's all nannies at the playground. And I had to realize I'm the only mom out here, like in these streets Mm -hmm. and it's not even looked down upon. Whereas I feel like in the States, it was so look down like you don't you're not even raising your kid you don't have your kid and it's like I don't think we understand that like we don't have to have those pressures we don't have to have those rules of having to stay in that in that space and not having time whereas it is also very accepted that like if my husband didn't want to take my kid to the park not that he doesn't because Adam is a G with this um Adam is a G with this uh, parking. Oh, sorry. One second. Adam is a G with like this playground stuff and doing stuff with Kyler. But at the same time in the States, like the double standard is just freaking real. And me Mm -hmm. like and I think especially like you being from the South, explaining that to like my grandma, explaining that to my mom has been something that like I've been working on. Like, I think my mom gets it, but I'm not sure she really gets it. And I wanted to know from you too, like, how has that, like for my immediate family, I freaking love it. Like Kyler is learning how to talk now. And we realize that like the reason we don't understand her is because she's talking to us in Greek. And that sounds funny because like when I used, when I got in trouble, my mom used to be like, am I speaking Greek? And like, so with Kyler, she literally is speaking Greek. Like when she wants to get picked up, she says, Ella, Ella. And she's telling us like, come on, she wants to be picked up. And it was just so funny yesterday because we took her to the park and there was this little boy who felt like he had to translate for what my daughter was saying to me. And I was like, thanks, little guy, go find your mom. But like, appreciate it. And like, how has that affected like not only your immediate family, your husband, your boys, and the connection that you have, because like you said, y'all are not near other family versus how it affects like your long-term relationship. Like I grew up with a lot of cousins and everybody went to grandma's house on Sundays and right after church. And like, 
we were all just meant to always be together. And I don't know if that's because my family's weird and we all just like each other that much or if that's everybody, but I feel like it changed the dynamic of my family. And then like, y'all, these international plans are not cheap either. So for me, I'm not talking to my family as much as I was before either. How has being an expat affected your outside relationships with your friends and your extended family? So... I am, one, internet in Kuwait. So the Kuwait is where we were predominantly. So I just got to Qatar. I've only been in Qatar for about eight months now. Um, and I'm here solo. Um, so the kids and my husband are back at home, um, which that has been a wild ride. Um, but for what it's worth, there is a lot of gratitude in this time because I think as my oldest just turned 16. So I've been momming for 16 years. Um, this is the first time in my adult life where I've had to take off my mom hat. I'm taking off my wife hat. And my focus is solely on Sheree. And it's a very um, sad and lonely but liberating and powerful place that I exist in. And I'm learning to exist in this new space. Um, appreciating it for all that it has, trying to be open and available for all that it has to teach me, and looking forward to the day that it comes to an end so I can get my baby back because I miss those heathens. Um, Did you just call them baby, heathens, though? I know. I, I know. No, I miss my humans. My oh, humans. I was like, did you just call them heathens? And you guys, she I mean, had maybe, maybe not. Right. Occasionally, um. <laughs> I know, I know occasionally I'm like, are you a human? Like I'm questioning my kid and asking, like, girl, did I make you? <laughs> so Absolutely. if you did say that, I wasn't judging you at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely my humans. Um, but no, I but with my family, um, initially it was a lot for them to take again um but that was when we were still in the days of skype and yahoo dialer and yahoo uh you know messenger and things like that be careful uh, you're telling your age, age of iPhones. <laughs> and now that iphones let us do like you know joint calls and things like that um the family gets a lot of facetime with me they get a lot of facetime with the kids uh, when the kids are with you know when we're all overseas um I think that this time that my, my kids have had to be in the state to be near their cousins and have those build those relationships, have those moments, create those memories have been good for them. Um, but I also see the value in not being in the States and not living under the pressures of the States and kind of having just the freedom. Um, Bear, who is the baby boy, is kind of whatever about everything like it, it doesn't have a whole lot of bearing to him one way or the other um but my oldest feels it you know when he's got to be the person to get up and take out the trash or clean the kitchen or make his own bed these are all things that while he is fully capable of doing for all of his life someone else has been doing it so it's a it's a whole new world for him where he's like i don't even have all of the hours in the day to solely focus on school because I have other chores and duties and things that I am responsible for doing as we maintain this space in the state. Once he's back out here with me, it goes back to, well, somebody else will be doing it. And then he gets all the hours of his day back. So um, the family misses you when you're gone. Um, 
everything is a trade-off. So you know that you're giving up something to get something. Um, but for me, I definitely see the value in the exposure that the boys get when we're out here. Um, I think that these opportunities are once in a lifetime opportunities. And I would be remiss if I didn't, if I didn't provide my kids with all the opportunities that they could possibly have while they're still underneath my roof, because there will come a day where they will just be wherever they choose to be because they will no longer live in my house. So if I can give them new experiences and new languages and new countries, um, I absolutely want to do that. I think that growing up, those weren't really options. Those, those, you know, my, my mom, my mom was good about putting us all in the car and driving cross, cross country to Texas where all of her family lived. And we would stop at all the rest stations in all of the, the, the states, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. On our way there. And I think that if my mom had the opportunity or had a, um, or she could have gotten us out of the country knowing who my mom is, she would have done it when we were kids. So it took her a little while to get used to it, but now she's, it's just the norm. People don't, people have even stopped asking me, when am I coming back? Because everybody knows my answer is never. Never. That's how I feel right now. (laughs) And like, people have asked me like, oh, well, it can't be that great. And this, that other, and like, honest. So I talked to you about a few things where I was like, yeah, like, you know, people look at you and this, that, and the other. And I've also come to learn that, like, the same way we have these perceptions of other cultures, other nationalities, like, if you would have told me a year ago that my 100% road dog, the girl I talk to all the time, would be a chick from the Ukraine that doesn't speak the best English in the world and has to send me videos and stuff like that so I can understand what she's saying so we can text back and forth, like, I would have never believed it. Or like just for me, experiencing the new friendships, um, the new traditions. Like I just learned that like over here, your birthday is like nothing. Whereas in the States, I'm like, yo, we save up all year just to go turn up for our birthdays. Uh-huh. We're over here. They're like, but what's uh-huh. your name? They was like, what's your name date? I was like, what's my what? They're like, you have a birthday and you have a name date given you by Christ. And I'm like, what? I was like, I know I had to, what? I get to celebrate something twice. And so for me, it's like just immersing myself right now into these other cultures. Whereas I know people who have talked for years about like, oh, if I could live there, if I could live here. And like you said, still don't even have a passport. Like I was talking to a friend last week who was like, girl, I, you know, I gotta, she's like, I gotta get through this passport thing. And I'm like, what thing? That's a $180 problem. And I don't think people realize that like for 200 bucks, not only can you have your passport, but you can have like, I don't forgot what the express entry is called, where you don't even have to like really check in in the States. Like I go in and I scan my passport and I'm good. I'm not going through security and all of that stuff. And it's like, I feel like it's like a very good excuse. And I feel like, especially being from the States, they make it seem like that is something so hard to do. But like getting the passport is easy. Um, For us, uh, 
honestly. We are literally in, like, we're being, we're like in a semi-deportation status right now because all of our immigration paperwork isn't done. But that's also because they just changed the laws in September. Like, literally the day I went back to the States to go get all of our paperwork was the day they changed the law. But it's like, if we would have gotten here a month earlier, even the immigration paperwork, I feel like is not as hard as other people who have to, who are trying to come to the States, like to get out of the States for me seems to be a way easier uh-huh. process. And I think like the excuses of like having all of that, everything that I thought was going to be so hard or how would this happen or just all the cons that I could think of in my head once I got here were not cons at all. Um, just studying. One thing I wish I would have done was studied where I'm going a little better because like me and you were talking and I was like, girl, like they don't see black people over here. And when I try to explain to them that I'm black, they're like, no, you're a person of color. Like, where are you from? UK? You from Africa? But they never guessed the United States. And you were like, yeah, you, you got that African vibe. Like I could see how they would guess that. But it's like for them, like even dealing with the things like racism and such like that, like my people here, they don't even have a clear understanding of it. And they'll ask me like, so is it true that this happens in the state? Is it true that police carry guns? And they are just shocked by it. Like they are, they literally don't understand. Like we were over here when the abortion laws in the States got passed and it's like countries that I feel like people think are so third world and so behind us look at us sometimes like, are y'all crazy? Like, what is going on over there for real, for real? So like for you, what have you, what were the biggest misconceptions that you had, especially because you're in the Middle East and that has been like your time? What were the misconceptions you had growing up or from what other people tell you that have just been completely debunked that you're just like, that is not a thing? So I can absolutely say that Islam is probably one of the most beautiful religions that I've ever had the opportunity to see practiced. Um, I remember my first time getting to Kuwait and seeing people pulled over onto the side of the road on Friday praying during mosque time. And I was like, they are outside of their cars to reverence. You know what I mean? Like it was just, it was wild to me. Um, I thought that there was intolerance. There was none. Um, I have been welcomed into some of the most beautiful homes by some of the most beautiful people um, and had some of the most amazing conversations. I remember when um, all of the stuff in 2020 was going on in, in the States and with all of the rioting and all of that. And I had Kuwaiti friends that would call me and go, is your family okay? Is everything okay? And it was so weird because it was almost like the way that people think of warring countries and the way that there is concern for what is taking place in a country that is at war. Those were the types of conversations I was having with friends. Those were the types of concerns that they had for me and the well-being of my family and the people around me. So it was very strange um, to kind of be on the other side of that experience and, you know, have to tell people, oh, no, my family is okay. Everyone is safe. You know, it was just, it was very, very, very weird. Um, But I think that, let's see, I think the question that I get the most is, do I have to cover up? And the answer (laughs) is no. Um, And I mean, especially when you get into your more, um, like I'm in Qatar right now, 
And in Qatar, there's definitely no requirement to cover up. They have beaches, they have clubs, they have alcohol. Uh, Kuwait wasn't as kind. Kuwait is a dry country, so there was no alcohol in Kuwait. Um, but even that, it was just, I know that everyone has had different experiences. I have had friends whose experiences in Kuwait do not mirror my own. Um, but for me, it was okay. Um, not necessarily a place I would run back to. However, um, it was what it was for a time that, that maybe that's what, exactly what I needed. Um, but overall, the experience and, and kind of being a part of a new culture, I've, I've always felt right at home out here. Um, I've made some really good friends. I've met some really amazing people. Um, I think people generalize a lot. And I think one of the things that Kuwait taught me is that everybody isn't the same, that people can be of the same background have had some of the same experiences and still turn out to be completely different people. Yes. Um, and, and so you learn to kind of just have those conversations and find out for yourself who people are versus making assumptions based on what you saw on the news growing up. I learned that U.S. news is not the real news. Uh, <laughs> there's a different type of news when you're overseas. And it's definitely not quite as biased as, you know, whatever you get on your cable channels in the States. Um, my husband and I have had conversations where we're like, oh, my gosh, we could never have this conversation out loud. Yeah, <laughs> because you get so exposed, you, you get exposed to so much unbiased truth out here that it's like you can't even go into life and situations with the same thought process anymore because that's not it. That's not even close to what it actually is. Um, so I've loved it. I, I absolutely am like an advocate of getting out of the United States. Even if you don't stay out, even if all you do is just visit, um, I'm absolutely an advocate of getting out and having the experiences. I think it's so, inc I think it's so necessary. My best friend just got to Thailand. She and her kids have moved to Thailand and she's living all of our best lives in Thailand. Oh my gosh. Girl, I'll um, be there in February. I can't wait. <laughs> listen, you hear me? Um, but even her story of how she is and how she got to where she is um, and what she's doing there and, and just how she's making it work. Um, it's always a reminder for me that like the world is just so much bigger than what we see outside of our back door. Yes. And I think too, that like what you said about um, just the news and such like that. So this week was an election week. By the time everyone hears this election week will have been like a few weeks, but still like I had people asking me, like, is it okay? Are you, is, is America going to have fights? Is America going to riot? Like, what is going to happen with that? Because like, like you said, it's so unbiased here. Like, if it wasn't for Twitter, I probably wouldn't get any like US news at all. Because the news that comes here, by the way, y'all, I'm going to shout them out because the BBC is real, y'all. Like, they don't care who you are. They are going to tell both sides of the story. And me watching that, like I was up watching 
BBC News and trying to see what was going on with the elections and stuff like that. But then like I was also looking at my Twitter feed and I just had like this moment of gratitude this past week that one, I was not there with all of the tension and stuff that's going on. But I also still do have Hulu and the political uh, commercials and stuff that were going on, I was like, whoa, like, I just have gratitude that, like, that is not in my space. I have gratitude that I am not in that energy, like, at all this week. And I can honestly say, like, this is probably the first time in years that election week, like, I didn't feel any type of tension or anything at all. So, like, even more now, I'm like, you probably couldn't pay me to go back, especially not during in election year. So I think um, just for those who are wondering, like, if it could be for you, if it, if this is something that you could do, like Cherie said, like, travel, go explore, find a place that you freaking love. And even if you do temporary, most countries, especially in the EU, you can stay there for three months, six months without having to do any immigration paperwork whatsoever. To live here, like we said earlier, is so cheap. Like what most people are paying in the States for a studio, you can have a full house and then bring your mama with you if you're going to miss her that much and stuff like that. Like just the cost of living and the freedom that you have to like really enjoy the income that you're making, I think has been huge for me. Like just getting to have not only the experiences. It's definitely a work to live culture, not a live to work culture. Well, like overseas. that. <laughs> like they pretty much only work so that they can go on holiday and so that they can go travel the world. Like kids are pretty much born with their passports. Like it is completely normal for you to have your one month old, two month old, three month old on a plane going with you on holiday, traveling with you, going places with you. Like it is it is so common to give your children experiences and you're pretty much only showing up to work every day so that you can you can finance going and having life experiences and i love that yeah and like it's funny that you say that because over here in greece you'll go to a store and you'll see that the store is closed for like 3 hours a day and that's so that they can go home and eat meals and such with their families and then so they come back and open their stores it's the exact same thing out here. So everything generally shuts down between like, like maybe like one and four. Yeah, here too. Everything is closed. You can't get anything done. And then on Fridays, because Friday is the holy day in Qatar, then like the malls and restaurants and all of that stuff, nothing opens, nothing opens before about one o'clock in the afternoon. So like if you're off on Friday, you can't get anything done until about one o'clock. And it's just, it's, I, I absolutely love being out here. And again, I, I think that for those that are young and single and you don't have anything else that is keeping you, that tethers you to the United States, the best thing that you can do for your life is get out and realize that the world is so much bigger than what you've grown up seeing in your backyard. It is so much bigger than going to Vegas. It is so much bigger than going to Miami. It is so much, and especially because so many jobs now have work from home options. Like, 
while I don't know all of the details of it off the top of my head, Dubai does have a visa specifically for people who have the opportunity to work from home. Yeah. And as long as you can prove that you have an income, you can get your, your, your visa in Dubai. Here you too. can actually choose to live there if that's what you so you know, if that's what you want it to do. So it, there are so many opportunities to just exist abroad and have new experiences um, and enjoy the quiet, the silence of your phone not ringing off the hook because you're on a completely different time zone from everyone you know. I just, I think it is so imperative for anyone and everyone to get out of the country and go and explore and just live life. Yes. So one of Cherie's uh, famous quotes, because I'm sure by the time she finishes her new project, there are going to be even more. But one of the quotes that I love from you, and I actually first saw, I first uh, read this quote from you when we were working together a couple of years ago, was your story is meant to inspire someone. So tell it. How has that been applied to your life as an expat? Like, do you feel like this is the story that you're telling now? And how do you feel that others can tell their stories by having this experience? So it's funny that you say that because I was telling someone earlier this week. Um, when I met my best friend, who I met in Kuwait, um, one of the things I learned through meeting her was that with how important it is for older women. Um, my best friend's 10 years, and so she's not old, but she's like, well, she's older than I am. She's 10 years older than me. Um, and I learned, and I have been learning in our relationship, how important it is for when you hit a certain point, when you're the adult in the room, for you to turn around and look at all of the younger women in the room and go, if you want to be helped, let me put my hand out and reach out and be a... a an opportunity, a um, information, whatever it is that you need to take your next your next step forward. Let me be that for you, if I have the the resources to do so. Um, and so, I have been more intentional about making sure when I go into spaces that I'm not just listening to some, what someone else has to say, but I'm also contributing. I'm telling my story. I'm being upfront and I'm being honest and I'm being transparent. Um, I am interjecting my story when I get an opportunity to. Um, I think one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't start blogging sooner. Now you see all of these people talking about what it's like to be a stay-at-home mom, but I was doing that. I was doing that before anybody thought that that was normal, not just for a black woman to do it before a young black woman to have the opportunity. I was a stay at home mom at 23, 24. No one else was doing it 10 years ago, more than 10 years ago when I was doing it. Um, I wish I had chronicled. I wish I had done a better job of, of telling my story then. Um, even living abroad. I wish I had done a better job of telling my story then. What is it like to go through, go through Ramadan? In, as an expat living in a Muslim country, you know, um, I just, there are so many stories that I think I could have told sooner that because I was unsure of myself, I was like, well, are people really going to want to hear that from me? Are people going to believe me when I say this is what this experience is? There was so much second guessing, so much self-doubt. And I think now, um, writing collapsed, which is a book that is near and dear to my heart. Um, and then 
though completely impromptu and with no marketing, um, kind <laughs> of just putting it out there and letting go of something that um, that pulls at my own heartstrings, that 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 tells a piece of a story that is just that means so much to me. Um, I find my power, I find my voice and my ability to do that action. Um, and not just do it once, but to do it over and over and over again in every, every endeavor um, that I step forward into. So with that being said, what is next for you? Where do you see this next? Is the family coming to Qatar? What are next steps for Cherie, the author, the blogger, um, I know you said you don't plan on coming back to the States. So where is this next transition for you and balancing it all? For right now, my focus is on being at peace with this in-between space that I currently exist in. I am not quite yet where I'm going. I am also nowhere close to where I once was. Um, I am learning to accept and be at peace with the quiet and the um, alone time that I currently have uh, while the family is in the States and I'm trying to appreciate it um, because there will come a time when they're here with me. And then once they're here, then there will be no more quiet. There will be no more free time. There will be no more focus solely on Cherie. So I'm trying to, even in the midst of having my moments where I do miss them and I'm super sad about it, um, I'm trying to accept that there's a purpose in this experience and take advantage of it and focus on writing. Um, I've got probably about three book projects that are sitting in my computer that desperately want um, three stories that desperately want to be told. Um, new characters from the characters in Collapsed, not to say that those characters won't get to tell another part of, part of their story at some point. Um, but for now, I've got some other people that I would love to introduce you guys to. Um, I am relaunching my website at the beginning of the year. Um, so there will be blog posts, there will be mommy posts, there will be wife posts, there will be just growing and, and becoming a badass version of myself um, through all of my transitions and, and all of these experiences that I'm gaining while on this journey in Qatar. So that's what's coming. Yay, I love it. So before we step out of the garden, I always have you end with a final bite of the fruit. Um, I feel like this is a fruit that like all women, like you said, should take a bite of. So if someone is listening to this podcast and they're still like, I am kind of scared. Like Cherie did this because she was gooey eyed in love, but like I don't have no fine man waiting on the other side of the ocean for me telling me to get that passport. What is your message to those women? But you have you. You are that. I think you are the fine man that's waiting for you. You're yes. the whole new version of you that is waiting for you on the other side of experiences. There's a whole new version of you that is waiting for you on the other side of adversity. There's a whole new version of you that, that cannot wait to meet you as you are now on the other side of just jumping. My best friend has all these isms, and one of her isms is leap, and the net will appear. So that would be my advice. Pass down from, from her great granny to her and from her to me. Leap, and the net will appear. And while you're leaping, 
get you a red lip because apparently red lipstick fixes all your problems according to my Instagram. <laughs> but, <laughs> but absolutely, Leaf and the net will appear. Just do it. Even if it's just a week, just do it. You won't regret it. You won't regret the experience. You won't regret what you learn. You won't regret the time spent with yourself. Um, you won't regret it. Just do it. Yes. Thank you so much. I know your schedule is absolutely crazy because it takes you two days sometimes to respond to a text. So I know that you had so much on your I know you have keeps me super busy. Oh, I know. Literally. So you guys, the last time I saw her, me and her were trying to connect in Qatar. And I'm like, should I get a taxi? Like, how should I do this? And like, by the time I landed, she's like, girl, don't even worry about it. I'm gonna meet you there. They just decided to stick me on a plane. And so I genuinely mean (laughs) thank you because I know your schedule is crazy. So I appreciate you taking this time out because you are someone who has done this expat life way longer than me and most of the other people I know. I'm actually in a group called Black Sit and it's a group of like black expats and I'm in another group of like women expats and still with all of those influences like I wanted to have this conversation with you because even when we were sitting in Qatar that night I took so much from you of how I should be doing this. Like you are the reason why we booked a nanny with no guilt. And we absolutely love her, by the way. That was the best advice you could have given me was to take something off my plate. And even just telling me like, you know what, instead of like you gave me a scenario where you're like, you know, what, instead of thinking of it as like, you know, like they might not like you or what's this going on? Like get out and meet some people because you're going to meet the people who do this. And I've done that. And I truly just appreciate the guidance that you've given me personally on this expat journey. So I thank you for taking your time to step into the garden, to bite the fruit. And I can't wait to get with you again. And you guys, um, if you want to find Cherie, tell them all the places they can find them. Tell them how they can buy Collapse. It's so juicy. So while y'all are on that 15, don't be afraid of the 15 hour flight either, y'all. Like while you're on that long flight, get a copy of Collapse and Cherie, tell them how they can get it. Tell them how they can connect with you, all the things. So Collapsed is available on Amazon. Um, You can search it under my name, Sheree McLean, or you can type in Collapsed and it should come up. Um, I am also on Instagram at MySerendipity. That's with a T-E-A at the end. Um, And I am on Clubhouse um, under Sheree MC. And I'm always on there looking for rooms that have great information or rooms that just keep me entertained while I'm at work. <laughs> but occasionally somebody will get me on, on a stage and on my soapbox and I will uh, try to drop a gem or two to help the next person. So um, that's where you can find me. Uh, um, com will be live in January. Yes, I'm excited for this because I've been a part of the Sheree McLean project from the beginning. So I have enjoyed watching it grow. I can't wait for the super launch in January. And I'm just super happy for you. And you know, you guys know where you can find me at 
N underscore even underscore focus, where I'm going to be sharing more of my journey because like Sheree said, I don't want to look back in 10 years and think that I should have shared more of this journey with you all. This year has been a year for me of privacy and family and really figuring out what I want to do. But follow me on Instagram, www.evenfocus.com is where you can find my website. You can find my services, anything you need for me. My books are opening back up in just five days. So it's been a crazy run. So I want to thank you all for joining me again in the garden. And I hope you come back for more of my thoughts. Have a great day. See you guys next week.